everybody and welcome to Love Unlocks live sessions here on Facebook, YouTube and Periscope. I really appreciate you guys tuning in and joining us for amazing conversations with inspiring people about how God's love has unlocked their lives. And it's brought to you by our ministry, Love Key, where we focus on ministering wholeness to families and unity to the body of Christ. Because we believe healthy families build a healthy nation and healthy families are built on Jesus. And uh, I love chatting to people who's got the same heart, same focus, and whose lives and stories and ministries have impacted mine. Uh, so we that's what we do here. Uh, before we get to our first guest, I just quickly want to remind you guys that my wife and I are currently running a marriage seminar live on Facebook on Thursday nights. Uh, in the post here, you can check out the link and join us on Thursday nights. If you are serious about getting married or are engaged or you're married already, uh, please join us for a chat about that. We would love to see you there. Uh, once again, thanks for joining us today. I'm so excited about my next guest. We met at, towards the end of last year. He uh, is the lead pastor of an amazing church in Gateng 3C. And him and his wife, Shonae, we just uh, we had some great conversations. And I've just been so impacted by, by this man and to see what he does in ministry. Um, here he is with his amazing wife and family. Uh, they've got a great ministry where they also now, like most other uh, people, have gone live. And you can catch them there on their, uh, their sites. Uh, but please welcome live from Pretoria, right? It's uh, Pastor Bert Pretorius. Give him a big yes. round of applause wherever you are. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. It's so good to be with you. Thank you wow. so much. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for making time. I really appreciate it. It's so good to yes. see you. Yes, thank you so much. Yes, and Heinz, yes, it's been a, a blessing. And, you know, since we've met and connected, you know, you're an inspiring person yourself, by the way. <laughs> and, um, you know, you have you say you're having inspiring guests, but you yourself are, are an inspiration. You're an inspiration to our nation. And, uh, yes, we love and appreciate you and Alette and, and, and your whole family. You know, you are a tremendous blessing to our nation. The stand that you take for Jesus, uh, not ashamed. The, sta the, st the stand that you take for, for, for justice and uh, uh, being a voice to the voiceless. You know what? We really commend you for that. Wow. Uh, thank you. I wasn't expecting that, but thank you so much. That just made my day. <laughs> it's, it's great to, to be with you. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to your, your team of people that were there prepping the session, getting it ready. Thank you so much to, to them. Uh, it's, it's nice to see how you've got a, this whole team of amazing people making this all happen. I appreciate it so much. Um, yeah, what a great opportunity. As you know, this is about how talking about how God's love unlocks our lives, you know, mm. and uh, God just put this on my heart a while ago, that, you know, we're in a physical lockdown. Uh, it seems to be, you know, the way life will be for a while still. But mm. uh, I really just want to get the message across that God's love can unlock us in, in, in all the other ways that is needed that is really important, actually. Mm. Uh, but as we get into that, I'd love to get to know you or help people to get to know you that may not know you. Um, I've had the privilege of of connecting with you my, and my wife, uh, with you and your wife. We had a great breakfast one time and had an awesome conversation. We got to know your hearts. and um, But I would like to get people to know you as well that may not know you. Uh, so can we, can we start with chatting about you and your wife? Um, mm -hmm. How long have you guys been married? Well, yeah, I'm married to an awesome wife and uh, she's a tremendous blessing. And uh, yeah, we've been married just last weekend. Uh, 
for 20, 28 years we've been married. And wow. uh, yeah, yeah. That's 28 your, years. You people. had your anniversary. Congratulations. That yes. is amazing. Well Thank done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So we just celebrated that last week and, uh, and we're thankful to the Lord. And um, re- yes, I, I married up and, uh, <laughs> you know, like, like us, you know, I think both of us, uh, uh, Heinz, I've met your Absolutely. wife. Absolutely. You know, so yeah, yeah. You can be thankful to God every single day. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so true, so true. Yeah, so I, I'm, yes, we, we're very thankful. And um, the Lord has blessed us. And I met her, you know, uh, many, many years ago. And uh, just coming out of, um, the, I was in the armed forces. And uh, that's where I met her. She was studying at university. And yeah, we fell in love and uh, found one another in the church, of course. Uh, my wife good comes place. from five, five, yeah, good place, five generations of pastors. My wife, wow. uh, my my, I'm a second generation pastor. Uh, my dad, he's gone on to be the Lord. Uh, but anyway, I'm second generation pastor. So yeah, we met in, in the church and uh, we were both doing music. And uh, I was in music, she was in music, and that's how we connected. And uh, yeah, well, the rest is history. That's amazing. Uh, at, uh, who knew first that the other one is the, you know, the spouse to be? Um, I think it was, it was, it was me, Okay. you know, I, I always tease her that, uh, you know, I always tease her and say, yeah, you, you had to run after me and catch me, <laughs> you know, but that's not the truth. It was the other way around. I had to, okay. I had to fight for her and, uh, you know, and, uh, but I'm thankful that I'm thankful putting the effort and, and, uh, you know, thankful that eventually she decided, okay, this is the man to be with. You know, okay. so yeah, no, no, we we really are thankful. Yeah, but I to I to pursue her. Wow. You know, so yeah. Well, that's that. I think that's the healthy right way. So it's yes, good. it is. It uh, is. It is. Since you guys, uh, mm. from the moment you guys met till you popped the question, how how long was that period about? Um, I think that was about uh, two years. Okay. Two years. I, yeah, I don't want to get that wrong. You know, just I'm in trouble. <laughs> you know, so you gotta, you gotta ha- keep, keep. Let's keep the facts vague. Okay. You know? so All right. Otherwise, you get me into trouble. Approximately. Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah. Probably two years, uh, two or three years. All right. And um, yeah, yeah. So um, and and just the friendship grew and the love grew and and you know after a while I knew that she was she was the woman for me. You know. So yeah. So we 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 thankful. You That's know? amazing. Yeah. She, I remember the, the first time I saw Shanae, she was preaching, and I mean, uh-huh. she just comes with so much energy, authority, passion, yeah. and uh, and then when we got to have breakfast with you guys, she told us that she's, she used to be, or is actually, an introvert, and I was very surprised yes. to hear that. Um, yes. So when you guys met, was, was, was she very much uh, an introvert, and that kind of had to develop into something more uh was it hard to get to talk to her How, what was it like in the beginning yeah i i think um you know privately she wasn't uh, introverted but it was more in public you know oh, she okay. doesn't like the crowds and uh, you know so privately you know there wasn't an issue chatting and talking and stuff like that she's you know and and her personality so in that in that sense you know she's not fearful as far as that is concerned okay um you know once you get, once she gets to know you 
um, but definitely publicly. No, it's it's uh, you know I remember you know doing. I was the youth pastor and I did the worship and the music at that stage. And Shanae, um, you know, she's a uh, well, she's a she's a qualified chartered accountant. Many people don't know that because she they, all, all they see is her preaching. But she's also got um, you know, a degree in 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 uh, music as well. Okay. So so she went to a music. She went to an art school. So, so in that sense, you know, she's a very accomplished musician. And um, so, yeah, it started off by putting her in the worship and then she didn't want to sing. And uh, <laughs> what, what I would do is I would take the mic and every Sunday I'll just move the mic closer and then the next Sunday I'll move it closer. Well done. You know, just that she gets comfortable with the mic. Okay. Because you know, she's always safe behind the piano. As long as she played the piano, she felt safe. Yeah. But, you know, once she started singing, you know, she felt exposed. But, yeah, but once, once she got onto that mic, you know, well, then, uh, yeah, well, then the rest is history. That's amazing. You know, she started singing, uh, leading worship. Sure. Um, you know, and uh, st- started, you know, started preaching, and um, and and still today, you know, she's she she when she goes onto stage, really, really, she goes under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's not out of herself. You know, really, she's it's not. You know, it's not that she loves. She doesn't love the stage. You know, it's she doesn't love the publicity. Yeah. Uh, but she she knows she's got purpose. Yeah. So when she steps onto that stage, she steps on with a word from God. You know, that's amazing. And I love how you guys are a team. Uh, I was It was so cool to hear that you work on sermons together and then wherever mm. you're invited or, you know, some of your other pastors go, you guys preach the same message, but in, yes. in your own style. And I, yes. I think that's that's such a such an amazing way to do things. You know, of course, you've got the same heartbeat and it's exactly. just about sharing that with, yeah, that's awesome. Exactly. So, yeah, so that's where unity comes in. You know, we're yeah. all going in the same direction yeah. and we all speak the same language. And, you know, when, we, when, we, when we're going in a direction as a church, you know, with all our pastors and our leaders and with Shanae and I, you know, she would, she would, um, you know, I might be traveling or whatever and we on a topic, I say, okay, well, you prepare that. Mm. And then, um, then I will, I will then preach her message, you know, because I might be in the States at our church in the United States and she's preparing the message for the church here. Then I'll take her message, work through it. And then I'll preach it at our church in the States because in all our campuses, you know, we preach exactly the same message. Every single campus might be different people preaching it, yeah, yeah. you know, but we preach exactly the same heart, exactly the same message. That's powerful. You know, so, yes, that's how we do it together, you know. I love it. Yeah, it's so cool. And you guys have a lot of kids. You, <laughs> you yes, have a very we've got a rich... Kids. We've got six kids. You've got a rich home. together. Yeah. Yes, we've got a, a rich home. We've got a loud home, you know. So, yeah, no, we're really thankful. We're gracious to the Lord. We're uh, we, 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 you know, we, we thankful to the Lord. And, um, yeah, we've got uh, three boys. Uh, we've got uh, Pearson, who's our oldest, and uh, he's now uh, 26, 27 years old. There you see on the photo. Yeah. And next to him is his wife, uh, Blessing, and he's holding the baby. So <laughs> that's my that's my oldest, oldest son. You and are a grandfather. That's amazing. I'm a grandfather. I love grandfather. it. Three, three grandkids, you know. So good. Yeah. Yeah, and then I have um, yes, and then I have a uh, uh, um, middle son is Damien, and then standing just behind him uh, with the blonde hair is Robin, and uh, they married. Okay, uh, they just got married during we had a lockdown marriage, by the way, just uh, last <laughs> month. So so we did a we I did love a it. Zoom we did a Zoom wedding. No way! Yeah. That's, yeah. So oh we wow! Zoom wedding, so that was awesome. So they 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 got married. 
Well and done. Then, um, and then the, my third son there, she's standing, and that's his fiance, uh, Euphrasia. Um, uh, so, so there, they, uh, I don't know when they're going to get married. We're working on it. <laughs> and, uh, of course, we, we've got to do the Labola negotiations coming Saturday. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, so we've got to get that sorted out. So that's we'll amazing. Doing that this weekend, in actual fact. And then once that's settled, then we can go on with the, with the, the organizing of the family and everything. And then we have our three daughters, you know, we got, uh, we got, uh, Caitlin and, and Jordan and Madison, so uh, we got them when they were babies. Sure. And, uh, Beautiful. You know, so Caitlin was three months. Uh, she was our, f- our first daughter. Uh, we got her when she was three months. And then Jordan was six months when we got her. And, and um, uh, Madison was uh, seven months. And we got them, you know, a year apart. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So we got a big family. So three grandchildren. Yeah. No, we, it's a very rowdy place. <laughs> very rowdy place. In actual fact, during the lockdown, we're 18 people that stay in our house, by the way. You're 18. 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ish. Did you have enough yeah. beds for everybody? Was there a lot we of sharing? <laughs> we've got enough beds. And obviously, we've got a huge house, you know, but, uh, and, uh, and big rooms, yeah. But we've got like all the girls, you know, they love sleeping together. So we'll have the three girls in the one room and we have the grandchildren sleeping in the other room. Wow. And uh, yeah, so we got every we got everybody under under you know under the roof, you know, so that we can do the ministry together. That's awesome. I I was just as as my wife and I prayed last night. I I was just um, you know, you make me think of that now. The, the a moment where you you are you know in your own bed, you're in a warm bed, you're in a house, raining outside. We're having six storms right now here in the Cape, and. Um, and you know that your kids are safe and they're in your house and they're, you're all together. And I was just saying, God, thank you so much. That is, yes. that is you know, it used to be the norm in this world, but yeah. it's, it's not anymore. Yeah. And, and I was just, I'm so thankful and so grateful. Yes. And, yes. and I, I can only imagine, you know, making, I mean, we're six right now, making that three, yeah. three times as much. That's a lot of people, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You're, a, you're a rich man. Yeah. I'm a rich man. I, I love am. It. <laughs> I am. We are thankful. We are thankful to the Lord. And what you're saying is true. You know, it's being grateful for what you have, being thankful, you know, having a spirit of gratitude. We can sometimes, you know, cry about what we don't have, mm. you know, before we being thankful for what we have, you know, and that's what it is. Understanding, you know, the wealth that you have in your family, in your children. And yes, we got, we all got issues. We mm. all got needs and everyone's yeah. got issues which you need to work through, you know, but when you come from a place of gratitude, when you come from a place of thanksgiving, you know, just seeing, you know, what you do have and what God has given you, you see, then the other things fade away. Yeah, so true. Sure. That's amazing. I love it. And then, I mean, you've got a, a, a home full of children, but you also have so many spiritual sons and daughters around the yes. nation. And, yes. uh, and that is, that's amazing. I mean, I'm sure I can, that can keep us busy for a while, but, yes. <laughs> but suffice it to say, I've met some of them and it's, they're amazing people. And it's amazing to see, you know, the, the, the fruit of, of that, you know, that you yes. don't only have your children in your home, but you're also impacting so many other lives. It's really yes. amazing to see. Uh, yes. So before, you know, lockdown and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. uh, we used to be able to travel quite a bit, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, and I know that you've traveled extensively, and mm. uh, and you've you know been been privileged to speak in many different places. Mm. I was wondering, you know, just on a light note, if you would be willing to maybe share, 
an embarrassing moment that may have happened somewhere in the world with you preaching or being on stage or, you know, because there's obviously the awesome things that happen, but there's every now and again, I know from experience, things can go wrong. And anyway, do you have a story like that? <laughs> Woo! Uh, Vic, I got many stories. I got many stories. Oh, oh he, needs a, he needs coffee mm. first before we do this. <laughs> I need to go coffee first before I bear my soul. You know, so um, yeah, no, I can. Well, let me let me do the most recent one. And um, I was in the United States. Um, you know, now uh, there's there's a tremendous issue with accents. Mm. So when you say something, you know. People, people misinterpret what you say. Yeah. And um, I was speaking, uh, you know, in, uh, I think it was Hawaii, and uh, at one of the largest churches there. And it's, I'm privileged, by the way, to do a conference there every year, you know, in Hawaii. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. So beautiful, um, yeah. Yeah, but even though I go there, I'm, you know, I, I must say I've probably been there like 20 times, and I've probably been on the beach only twice. <laughs> And, um, you know, that's my fault, you know, because, but I'm, you know, I'm ministering there most of the time preaching it, but a beautiful place. But anyway, I was ministering in, in the church and, um, and I was speaking, um, um, you know, the word of God. And I was talking, uh, when it comes to, to language and, um, what was, what was the word I used? Let me. <laughs> I, I gotta think. I gotta think about. I, I can't think about the word. I'm just. Let me think quickly. That's not um, a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, let me let me leave that story. I can't think of the word now. But I was no ministering. Let me. I can't think of the word. I'll, let me tell you another story. I was preaching in another place in the states, and um, I was as I was speaking. I was speaking and giving a testimony of um, how the Lord had provided us, and we just started the church. And, um, you know, we, we, we grew to about 400 people in the first year from nothing. And um, I was speaking to sure. the church, how the Lord had provided mm. a, a school hall, okay. you know. And as I was explaining to them about, um, you know, how the Lord provided the hall, um, obviously <laughs> that was totally misinterpreted. And I could see no one was cheering. Yeah. There was a couple thousand people that I was ministering. No one was cheering. Any, nobody was getting excited. <laughs> and, um, and I could see a confused look on, on, on the eyes of the people. And I was just explaining to them yeah. how God had provided, um, how God had provided this hall. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I say hall, H-A-L-L, yeah. but obviously, you know, when we're talking about hall, they're thinking about a lady of the night. Oh, you understand no. what I'm saying? Oh, so, no. So now they're going and their eyes are oh. as big as this. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, you know, um, anyway, so I went on to, I went on to the next test because I see they didn't get this. And That's I was thinking about the, how the provision of God. Yeah. So, so I I had two in one sermon. So, oh and no, this, this is like the first time I'm ever preaching in the United States. Yeah, I'm explaining about how God provided the hall, and um, <laughs> and then and I said, then I see there wasn't too much excitement about it. Yeah. And then I started speaking, you know, because the Lord had blessed us with a vehicle, 
and um, the Lord had blessed us with this this nice uh, BMW. But I was explaining to them how I was using it uh, for the kingdom. Although it was a nice car, I was in the townships and I was transporting people and I was explaining how, you know, even if God gives you a nice stuff that you need to use it for the kingdom. And I started speaking to them. You know, in South Africa, we call a BMW a BM. Yeah. And, um, you know, in America, they call a BMW a Beamer. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, but they also have a BM in the United States of America. But uh, when they speak about BM, a BM is bowel movement. Oh, no. So, oh, Are you serious? The same sermon. I, I haven't you. heard it's, that one. Oh, man. Yes. That's so hectic. So when you say, you know, yeah, I've got, you know, you know so the Lord blessed me with a BM. <laughs> Uh, he blessed me with a hall and a beer. You understand? So I've got Lady of the Night. Oh and my! Movement, no. You know. I mean, yeah. You know. Wow. So I mean, tell you. Let me tell you. That was. That was. You know. That was pretty. You know, that was pretty pretty rough. How did so, you? How did you eventually figure out that that's what happened? What only afterwards did someone explain to you, or what happened? Yeah, I think afterwards. Look, I, I, I think. You know, people probably uh, understood eventually that, you know, you meant I, something what else. I was speaking oh. about. But I did have a friend come after and he spoke to me. He says, you know, you were talking when you said hall, you know, we all thought you were speaking about yeah, hall. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and he says, you know, please don't use the term uh, uh, a BM. And, you know, so obviously when you oh, correct it with the stuff, it's look, I mean, you know, little things. That's why it sounds so crass. Yeah. Because the only things people correct you on is crass stuff. Yeah. Sure. You know, so, so, you know, um, <laughs> so you, you understand. So, so, I mean, it's crass. I can tell you, I mean, I was in Brazil last year, the same thing. And yeah. um, I was speaking about, and, you know, in South Africa, we go, you know, and, y you know, we use that. Yeah. And then, and then, oh, let me tell you, they called me in afterwards and please say never ever do that again because when you when you when you when you say that in Brazil that means you know you are you know you're talking about you know sexual oh, you know no. relations and here I'm preaching and you know how we are in South Africa and <laughs> expressive yes yeah, expressive yeah. and and you know when you're in a habit of doing certain actions and stuff yeah. like that you know, but oh, obviously wow. people are not, you know, people don't take it personally. Yeah, yeah. They, they do come afterwards and say, look, you know, if you're talking and you're speaking to unsaved people and stuff <laughs> like that in Brazil, you know, <laughs> you're, you know, and they're trying to be very nice because yeah. I'm the main speaker, I did, I did two, I did two, I did two auditoriums. Okay. A 12,000 and a 12,000 and then I flew Yo. between the cities to do two. So obviously they're being very polite and very yeah. nice. You know, that they said, please, please don't do that again. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's just, a, that's just a few. Yeah, that's amazing. It's, it's almost like you, for each country, you need a pastor's handbook. Like, these are the things you should not say. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> just steer exactly. clear or, yeah. you know, or pick up an American yeah. accent when you go to America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might help. Let me, let me tell you the one I forgot. Okay. Last year. So Hawaii, the Hawaii one. Up. Yeah, Hawaii one. Yeah, okay. so I was speaking about Baal, and um, and um, I was speaking about how it's important that you need to get rid of all your 
uh, or you know you need to get rid of and bold speaks about idols yeah and you know what and I'm speaking about bold and uh, the whole time and how you know if you want the blessing of God upon your life and I'm seeing that when I said it the first time this lady went ha <laughs> laughing and then I mean it was you know the whole church was quiet yeah and then I could see the church is stunned and I don't know what's going on and you know what you know, when I preach, I'm serious. Yeah. No, of you course. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 Focused. I, I, you know, I believe this is a word from God. Absolutely. You know, and especially this part. You know, I wasn't speaking about nice things and provision. Yeah, yeah. I was very serious it's about idols. About yeah. Idols. And you need to get rid of, you know, there's certain idols within your life. You need to deal with it. And I feel this, the, 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 the church needs this word. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we take ourselves too seriously, you see. And um, <laughs> I'm preaching and everybody, you know, and people are laughing. And um, and then after a while, the the pastor's wife she says she says she says Pastor Bert, um, we pronounce bowl a little bit differently here. We pronounce bowl bail. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking bail. I said, oh, okay. I said, and then I still tease. I said, no, I need to teach you guys how to speak English. Yeah, you know. So we use bowl. And what happens is when you talk about a bowl. In, um, in 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 American, you're talking about a ball. Okay, a ball. So I'm saying yeah. ball. Yeah. And they sing. They when they say ball, they're hearing balls as in balls. Yeah. So get rid so of all your I'm, balls. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You need to. Yes, you need to get rid of all. And the, and what was so funny, Heinz, is that my I used. I said I my hands were like. Oh this. no. I said you get rid of all your balls. <laughs> you know, so so here I am. Oh my I goodness! Get a bunch of people repenting and coming to the Lord. That's you amazing. Know? I and, love uh, it. My friend who came to preach up after me, you know, he came up after me and he said, "You know what? <laughs> I was so touched by Pastor Bert's sermon as his message, <laughs> as he was preaching, and I, you know, and to get rid of my idols." He says, "But when he said I need to get rid of all my balls, he said, you know what? I just realized." Now he's gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, brilliant. Well, at so least it you know, so became that's, a that's theme. There's always, there's always issues with accents, but, you know, through it all, you know, uh, people's lives are touched and changed and transformed. Yeah. And you learn cultures. And, I mean, it's exciting to travel and to get to that's know so people. That's so good. Yeah. That's yeah, just some of the few things. And then, of course, they teased me for the next three days. I can imagine. Know, I can only know, they, imagine. They, oh. they teased me and my friends that were preaching with me they just wouldn't let it up I mean they just wouldn't <laughs> let that go and I was you know and in the beginning I was I was mad you know like after the message yeah. I mean you know yeah. even though I smiled I was not happy because I was I was you know I was prepared in prayer yeah. and I was you know, I'm, I want to move of God I want people to touch so I'm coming you know and I'm, I'm still and then, uh, yeah, then the Holy Spirit had to say to me and say, just chill. You're not God. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day. That's okay. At the end of the yeah, day, it's the it's power okay. of the Holy Spirit that moves and yes. works within people. We're just vessels that yeah. are used by God. The privilege to be used by God. I can imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that is hectic. But, you know, yeah. even even laughter sets people free. So that's, that's a no, good thing. No. It does. I love so, it. so yeah, so so that was it. That day it was laughter because yeah. they laughed 
course, nobody <laughs> after that took any word I said seriously at all. That was it. Deal. That was done. Uh, Understand? That's so yeah. good. I love it. Sure. Um, I, I want to get to your, your testimony, but before we, we get into that, um, just a last sort of getting to know you question. I'm mm. sure that this probably will tie in with your testimony, but if if you had to say at this point in your life, after you know such a long married life, such a long ministry life, what what is your uh, life dream that you still have? What is a a life goal that you still want to achieve? Whew. You know, I I I don't. I don't look like that um, at life. Okay. Um, you know, where, I, I mean, I do, we do set specific goals, mm. but it's more like uh, Abraham, you know, that grabs onto the promise of God that says, so shall your descendants be like the stars of the sky, like the sands of the sea. In other words, I don't think we'll be able to quantify uh, what God does in and through your life. Um, so it is important to be faithful, you know, to what God has called you to and to be obedient, you know, to so the purpose and dream of God to our lives. Yeah. And, um, you know, already now, um, you know, we, we, we teach our people that we, we, we reach, we reach for this, we reach for the stars. It's, 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 the, you know, and, and literally so when we're talking about that every star is a face, every star mm. is a person, sure. you know, the sand of the sea, every, you know, every grain of is, is, is a person. And, and that's really what it is. Our heart is sold out for the multitudes. Sure. And that is the father. That's the dream of daddy. The dream of daddy is for the, is for the multitudes. And that's why, you know, the, the love of God. And that's what we're talking about. You know, when you're talking about this program, mm. you know, the, the love of God, the love that is unlocked mm. in that God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son to Amen. come die for us on the cross of Calvary. I mean, isn't that the foundation of everything? But then he says, in this we know love, 1 John 3, 16, he says, in this we know love, in that he laid down his life for us. And then he says, ought we not to lay down our lives for the brethren? Sure. And that's the ultimate of living for God is where you're not living for yourself. You see, when you live for yourself, that means you're still God of yourself. Mm. Um, you see, when you live for God 100%, it means that you have full faith and trust in God for who you are, your family, and that around you, that you can 100% give yourself to the ministry and the purpose or the dream. Let me say the dream of God. That's why, you know, you can't have a different dream from God. Sure. You know, and you can't have a different, a different vision apart from God's vision. So good. And that's why well, I'll have this vision. What is your vision? What is your vision? There is only one vision. Mm. And that is the dream of God that everyone be saved, that no one should perish, sure. um, that all be reconciled to God. That's why he says in, in Corinthians, he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given to every single one the word of reconciliation. Mm. That uh, Verse 21, it says that we are as ambassadors, um, uh, for, uh, as ambassadors of God, that uh, the Holy Spirit through us is crying or pleading, saying, be reconciled to God. Mm. And that's literally what it is. And the, everything in the church flows out from that foundation. Our gifting, our talents, all comes from that place. And therefore, when we're talking, of, and that's why the Bible says in, in, in uh, is it Proverbs chapter 29, where it says that without, is it verse 18, where it says that where there is no vision, uh, he says, my people perish. Sure. 
And uh, the amplified version says where there is no vision, where there is no redemptive. And when it says vision, then it puts in in, in, uh, uh, brackets uh, the redemptive work of God. In other words, where you don't see and understand the plan of God, when you don't have vision according to the vision of God and according to the dream of God, he says, then people perish. Mm. Uh, Another translation says they run wild, um, you know, like we see in the world today. Wow. And, um, And we see in many churches today as well, and even in the church, you know. But um, so we have to see what God sees. We have to dream what God dreams. And, um, and, and you know, when you say setting goals, I set, we set goals for, for us and for my wife and for our family. We set our goals according then to the dream of God. And, um, so and that, is, and that is, to, is to to love people, uh, loving God, loving people, um, you know, lay down our lives, live for other people. And, uh, and that means make disciples. Yeah. You know, if they, if they don't know Jesus, uh, lead them to Jesus. Uh, once they know Jesus, take responsibility with them to come to that place of maturity so that they can also come to that place where they can themselves pour out their lives. You see, that's the ultimate freedom that you have. That's the ultimate understanding of the love of God. That's the ultimate vision of understanding the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, the fact that we've been bought and paid forth by the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, the fact that uh, our debt has been paid, the fact that we've been redeemed, we've forgiven, uh, we've been uh, justified. God is cleansing, still working in our lives, but ultimately sanctified. In other words, set apart for that purpose, the purpose of God. And what is that? To reveal who God is, reveal the love of God to others. So yes, so when it comes to quantifying, you know, uh, when it comes to goals, of course, we set, we set, you know, we set physical goals. What does that look like on a daily basis? You know, what does it look like on a yearly basis? What are you trying to achieve? You know, but ultimately, you know, we can't really judge the hearts of people and what God's doing in people's lives. And I think we're going to be amazed at how much has been achieved through the power of the Holy Spirit in spite of who we are. Sure. Wow. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's powerful. Um, so I would like to know, you said you're second generation pastor, so you you, mm. you grew up uh, a PK, pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what, can you share with us your story of coming to Christ in, in your own personal life, uh, when that decision happened and, and, and what happened after that? Uh, getting to you to the point of knowing that you should also go into ministry? Yes, my, my dad uh, got saved when I was six years old. Um, my dad was an alcoholic. Wow. Um, he, he was an executive. So he was, you know, so um, it didn't come from poverty. Sure. Um, he was an executive and then, um, and then he got saved. Wow. And uh, yeah, and then we got poor. Uh, <laughs> wow! My dad, my dad then went into the ministry and gave up everything that he had. Six months after he got saved, sure. Uh, my dad had a radical salvation. He, you know, and when I mean poor, I'm just joking now. It's just that my dad didn't care about stuff anymore. The contrast. You know, he, gave uh, up, he gave up his house. He gave up everything. He went to study at the age of thirty. Um, he yeah. went and stu- he studied for three years with 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 the children and 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 worked, you know, and and looked after the family. But uh, and then and went and started a church sure. uh, from from scratch, and uh, so I grew up in in real faith ministry, mm. and I, I'm thankful for that. I grew up with a dad who lived who lived in faith, who wow, 
not perfect, mm. you know, not perfect, not having everything, he made mistakes in his life. But if you look at his overall life, and my dad's passed on, he's going to be with the Lord in, uh, in 2005 already. Uh, but, you know, if you look at his life, I grew up with a dad that was, and a mom that was passionate for Jesus. You know, uh, my mom is still passionate for Jesus. Um, you know, she's 73 years old and she's a, she's a soul winner. She's a disciple maker. You know, so wow. we have grown up, we've grown up into, we've grown, we grew up in a house where, where it, it was, it wasn't fake Christianity. It wasn't the fake church. Yeah. My dad, you know, he got saved. And let me tell you, he was out winning souls every week, that type of thing. And he sure. built quite a significant, and, and, and built quite a significant church and ministry. So, yeah, so I, I grew, I grew up in that and, and knowing the Lord and obviously, um, it's with us. It was Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the <laughs> noonday, Jesus till the sun goes down. You know, so and, and it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there, there was only one balance, and that was Jesus. He was the balance. Sure. So people say, "Well, you got to be balanced." There is no such thing as balance. He just there's one balance. Jesus is the balance. <laughs> so so and the serve does good. Let me tell you, it was Jesus. We did, did four, five services on a Sunday. Yeah. And um. And we grew up like that, and that was normal for us. And, um, you know, um, at the age of 12, my dad threw me onto the stage. And, um, you know, I I think uh, one of, there was some rebellion in the music, and we didn't, we didn't have a, we didn't have somebody to play. And um, so he threw me on the organ, and that's when I started, yeah, that's when I started the music ministry. I was 12 years old. Wow. And at that stage, I I knew a little bit about music, and uh, there's only three chords I know. And that was FGC, Full Gospel Church. So uh, being in the Full Gospel Church, I was raised up in the Full Gospel Church. Love uh, it. That's good. Know, uh, FGC. And, and I had the ability, Heinz, um, and um, I was really, I had a tremendous ability of being able to take any song on the planet of the earth and fit any song into three chords. That's There's not anybody, not, not anybody can do that, right? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> it's, a, it's a special <laughs> gift. It's a special gift. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a special gift. So anyway, but anyway, from there I started developing, developing in music, working on that and growing, you know, so I was exposed to ministry at a very early stage and I'm thankful to my dad for that. And um, yes, then uh, after that, um, my dad said to me as the oldest, um, he says, look, um, you can, you, you're going to Bible school. He says, whether you want to or not, I finished school quite early. I was 17 when I was done and uh, I finished my trick. And um, he said, look, you can go. You're going to Bible school, do three years Bible school. He says, then you can do what you want. Okay. You want to study, you can go study, whatever you want. He says, but um, I've got my trick. You're going to do Bible school. And as the oldest, that's um, I'm putting that on you. Then you can do what you want. Okay. You know, so at that time, I didn't really feel the calling of God upon my life yet. Although I'd given my life to Jesus and at the age of 10, um, I was baptized and um, <clears throat> I was baptized by this um, this old uh, up, Apostolis Pentecostal woman. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was in a typical Pentecostal church and that I was raised and I was baptized. And, um, you know, uh, the full gospel church, they just baptized once, you know, the AFM, they do three times, I think. And uh, but it was pretty much like, and it was, and it was Afrikaans. And, yeah, 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 yeah. I, he went and I, and it was winter. Oof. And he says, I, 
baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and he's keeping me under the water, <laughs> according to Matthew chapter 28. Oh, my goodness. 19 and I'm yeah, under yeah. the water and you know after a while you start struggling and you come up and you come up out of the water it's like ah and then it's like you know you're like this oh the Holy Spirit is upon you you know so yeah so anyway you have geweet you is gedoop all die sondes is uit my eit I can all my sondes belein net daar while I'm under that water die ou mens het rarig verdrink hy het verdrink so anyway so I met the, you know, I got saved, I was baptized, and um, had, and had encounters with the Lord certain times of my life, you know, experiencing the power of God at certain places. Okay. Um, but then, and then I went to Bible school, but still not thinking, um, not sure if I'm going to be in the ministry or not, I wasn't sure. Um, but I think in my second year, in my second year, I was at a meeting, and I had an encounter with the Lord. Okay. You know, and obviously, look, I mean, the calling of God was upon my life. I could see it upon my life. I mean, I was preaching, and while in Bible school, I was doing the ministry preaching and stuff like that. Um, but I wasn't sure if that's what I wanted to do, uh, you know. And then I had an encounter, a personal encounter with the Lord during my second year, and where, um, you know, the Holy Spirit confirmed within my life that I'm called by God. Sure. And, uh, and then from there, I never looked back. Can, I, know, can I ask you to, to maybe elaborate a little on that moment? Like what it... What did it feel like? How did you experience that that encounter? It was an external, you know. It was it was like I mean, it was like I felt the the, the power of God just suddenly just come over me. I sure. mean, just like just like this, yeah, suddenly. And let me tell you, um, and as the power of God came upon me, I, I you know I just realized God was in that place. I fell to the floor. Mm. Um, you know, I fell on my knees and let me tell you, I couldn't, I, I couldn't control myself sure. and, and it was like, and it wasn't an audible voice or anything, but you know, inside of me, I could hear the voice of God saying, you are called, wow. you know, for a time like this, uh, at a, at a time like this, sure. in a moment like this. Wow. And you know what? And, and as, as the Lord spoke to me, um, you know, in that, I, I, I mean, it was like, I, I was, it was uncontrollable. Um, and yeah, and, and experiencing God in such a way. And I've had, I've had moments where I've felt the presence of the Lord and stuff like that, but that was a unique experience that I've had mm -hmm. and, and necessary. I think it's important that, you know, when you're called into the ministry that you need to, you need to have a supernatural encounter with the Lord, yeah. you know, because you've got to know that, you know, that, you know, it's, it's one thing, you know, look, the Bible says, once you've put your hand to the plow, uh, you know, you can't look back. Yeah. You know, otherwise the Bible says you you unworthy. Sure. And um, you know, and um, and let me tell you, um, I from that day I made the choice, and I have never looked back. I have, I can genuinely say, I've never been sorry. We're in the ministry. There's never, and there's been tough times. We went through mm. a lot of tough times. Sure. But there's never ever a time I doubted the calling of God upon my life and uh, the calling of God upon our family. You know, I've I've stood fast. And, and, and we've seen the hand of God in everything that we are and everything that we do. So from that time, yes. So I started setting myself up, you know, for ministry, you know, and, and, started, and started, you know, growing there. That's amazing. Sure. And uh, so you, the shift from um, starting your own ministry, your own church with Shana, you said you started from nothing and in a year you had 400. Um, how, how did that come about with you and your wife decide that together, that you decide it's time now? Um, to start your own thing, how did you know that it's now time to to plant your own church? 
Well, it, it all started, um, you know, there was a time where I was with my dad in the church mm. and, um, you know, the Lord spoke to me about, um, you know, about ministering to the poor because that's actually where the transformation came in my life. When I just, as soon as, when I came out of the army, um, there was, I was exposed to a lot of racism, which I never knew. Sure. You know, grow, growing up, um, although I've got an Afrikaans surname, my dad's Afrikaans and the church I was in was Afrikaans. Um, my, I went, I was English. I went to English schools. I was born cause we are, I was born in Durban and I, and from then I went to English school. So, so, so the rest that uh, me and my sister, uh, two sisters are, are English. We actually nine children, by the way. And then my fourth uh, brother, nine. Came along. you mean nine? Yeah. Yo, so, okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So that's why fourth, that's why you can do 18 in one house you're used to it in a way. <laughs> come on. Come on now. Yeah, so my brother came along fourth brother and they named him Jan after my dad. My dad's name was Jan. Now obviously you can't be you can't be named Jan and go to an English school. So uh, <laughs> they'll call you Jan. <laughs> so, exactly. So my dad then took over an Afrikaans congregation, you know, and um, although we were English, we were very much English. My mom's English, my mom's English English. And um, so even though we were English in the house, my dad then took over an Afrikaans congregation and then stuff became very Afrikaans. And uh, although we were in English schools, uh, the rest of my brothers and sisters, the other rest, the other six, um, they went to Afrikaans school. So, um, yeah, so, so um, you know, coming out of um, the army and stuff like that, you know, um, I was exposed to, you know, I, I was exposed to stuff and that I, I did not agree with and things that were said. Um, you know, mm. there was a lot of racism and, 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 and I, it got me thinking for the first time. Sure. Um, Sorry, then, uh, what year was this when you came out of the army and had this realization? This was 1990. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. So when yeah. it was at its kind of at its worst. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. so, so this was in 1990. So sure. now to me, it sounds like the other day for some of our youngsters, they think, oh, 1990, so far away. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, so 1990, yes, I was in the armed forces and then we, I came out and um, uh, I went, I just felt I needed to go into the township. I wanted to start ministering at school. So I, I, I did a, a suburban school. And then I went into a township uh, for the first time in my life. And um, I went and ministered at a school and the power of God came. There's about 1,100 uh, kids at that time. The power of God came down on that place and there was sure. such a move of God. And, um, and you know, um, then I, I went just deeper into the township and I came to a place called Paula Park, which was famous in those days. And um, I saw poverty for the first time that I'd never experienced. Now, remember, this is 10 minutes from my home in the suburbs. Yeah. So I didn't know that because we didn't have exposure to that. Yeah. And um, so I went in there and there were kids that were not eating, there were kids that didn't have food, um, you know, kids that were diseased. I started speaking to the teachers. They started telling me what was going on. And let me tell you, I started weeping. I started crying. And I, and that was a, that was a moment that mm. changed my life. Yeah. That, that was a moment to change my life forever. Wow. So I went back home and I told my wife about this. And of course, she, I mean, she doesn't have context about it because she wasn't there. And I started making food. I grabbed a pup and I uh, started making mealy meal on the stove. 
By three o'clock in the morning, I realized I'm not going to be able to make enough food to feed 800 kids. Sure. But anyway, what I did at seven o'clock, I took the food to the school and I said, look, this is all I have, but I'm going to, I'm going to make a plan, mm. you know? And it's amazing how the Lord opened the door that, that day. Uh, there was a, a racist brother and um, he, uh, he, he donated a, 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 a pot that does 210 liters. And with one pot, I could feed 800 kids. And he donated the place. You know, he said, I can make it in my warehouse. So, of course, it wasn't the kitchen wasn't all kosher and everything. But, uh, <laughs> but I could make the food. That's yeah. how I started. Sure. And, I went, and from that day, we started feeding people. Wow. So, and we've never stopped. We've never stopped doing that. So we got understanding that you cannot present the love of Jesus without showing the love. Sure. You know, talking love and showing love is two different things. So, yeah. and so we immediately started with that and we haven't stopped. We haven't stopped doing that since then out of that, we realized um, I had to, I had to, I started ministering in the townships mm. and, um, and then we, we started a church. Our first church, we started just outside, uh, the township in the suburbs and, uh, we started a, a multiracial church. Um, and that's where we started our first church. Um, and that was in Alberton. So that's where we started. But a uh, long story short, every, long, you know, that we're about five, six, seven years, but then in, in 1999, the Lord spoke to Shanae and I to come start a church in Centurion. And, um, you know, and, you know, it was amazing how the Lord did that. Uh, the doors opened and uh, we moved in January of, uh, 2000 and, uh, we moved to Centurion and uh, we, the Lord spoke to us to start a multiracial church. And I remember one pastor phoning me and saying, you know, he, he's, he's hearing we're starting a church and, you know, an English church. He wants to tell me that there's no English church that has grown more than 75 members, but he wants to pray with me and, and wish me the best. And I said to him, sir, I said, um, we're not yet to start a, a, an English church. We're yet to start a multiracial church. <laughs> he says, multiracial, he and for Wutberg start, you know. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, the birthplace of uh, apartheid. Sure. I said, yes. I said, that's, the Lord has told us to come start the church wow. there. Then the rest is history. We started off the first Sunday. We had about uh, uh, 70 or 80 people rock up. And then, you know, we moved venues three times in the first year. And we grew to about 400 the first year, about 800 the next year. And then, of course, the rest is history. You know, the, how the Lord has blessed us over all the years sure. to where we are now. So we're thankful to the Lord. Did you build the same way from the beginning as you are building now as with a very uh, focused discipleship system uh, in the way you, you, you would yeah, just uh, building your church? Was that from the beginning or did that also develop as you developed the, the church uh, together with your wife? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. The, you know, when we built the first two years, we built very strongly on our gifting. Yeah. Um, you know, Shanae, as you know, is, is extremely gifted. Um, and then, you know, with me, you know, uh, you know, as far as uh, preaching is concerned and management, administrational skills, mm. you know, mm. to be able to do that. Because I, I started immediately, you know, because I grew up in a in a larger church because my dad, you know, my, my, my dad's church that, you know, they had about you know, uh, five, 600 members, you know, so it's, I mean, that's relatively large. So there is a certain amount of organization taking place and structure. So, yeah. so, so, you know, so we applied those principles and, and then strong, strong gifted, you know, we, we understand the presence of God, the power of God and, 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 you know, strong on evangelism, getting people saved. So, so, you know, in the first two years, the church really grew, but, 
But then I started, you know, then I realized, but, you know, looking at the church, this is, there's something wrong with what we're doing. So even though people are getting saved and even we're getting a whole bunch of people, I realized something, something was not wrong, right? Because even though we were doing cells, we, I mean, we we're doing cells, I think we grew to, we had 70 cells by the end of the second year. So we were strong on the cell model. So what we did is we implemented systems and, and not understanding the heart behind everything. We just looking, we did church growth. I went to church growth seminars and, you know, and how to grow your church and, and then manage it and, and values and put that all in the church. And we did all of that and we were strong, strong in that. And, uh, but what I realized that is that there was something that was, was missing. And, and at that stage, remember, we were young at that stage. So, so you know, as a, as a 31-year-old at that stage, having the size church, of course, we were the talk of the of the of the country, and we were invited to come preach on you know on churches that were larger than ours, and then you know when I ministered at these churches and some of these the, uh, uh, colleagues, I realized that when I looked at my our church, which was a mess, even though we had even though we had eight nine hundred people, it was a mess. You know, people's lives were a mess, and they're in the church. Sure. I'll have somebody get saved have a, a cell and then serve the Lord for two years, you know, whatever, then the cell grows and then they multiply their cells and then they backslide or they, or they have an affair or they, you, you, you understand? Yeah, so, yeah. so I'm looking at this and then I go to other people's churches and, you know, and they've got 5,000, 6,000 and I realize they've just got a bigger mess than my mess. It's that, you know, we got a mess and they got a bigger mess. Sure. So I realized something, something was missing. Something yeah. was missing. Wow. And um, so that's and for the first time in my life, I started searching the Bible concerning church and what it really is about, because all I did was just do what I know and do it good, yeah. you know, be yeah. excellent in it. Excellent. Yeah. We had incredible music. We released an album the first the first year already uh, have incredible ministry. Uh, church was organized. Church was structured. I had staff and everything. Um, so we managed everything well. I paid my pastors to love the people. I, I didn't love them. I just preached to them on a Sunday. I just <laughs> operated in the gifting. You know, I just operated in the gifting. Sure. Uh, you know, and I, I paid pastors to love the people. Wow. And, um, but that changed. That changed when I went to Korea. And I met, uh, uh, I met Pastor Cesar Castellanos. Um, of course, I studied uh, Dr. Cho's model, and I realized what we had been presented as this is Dr. Cho's model, and what it really is was totally two different things. Okay. You know, so our thinking of what cell is and what it really is was two different things. Wow. And, um, and then I started realizing that um, at the end of the day, you know, it's not the cell that makes the church grow. Uh, it's not the cell that develops your people. The Bible said, go you therefore and make disciples. He didn't say multiply cells. He said, make disciples. And um, so what we did then for the first time, I started, I started understanding. And that was another, that was probably the second big moment in my life, or third big moment in my life, mm. you know, was, was uh, uh, that marked the change. Uh, when, I, when I was called into the ministry, of course, when I was saved but, and baptized, but when I was called into the ministry, uh, when I, when I, was introduced to uh, the township, and then thirdly, when I was in Korea and understood that real godly love comes from laying down your life and 
giving yourself to others, living for somebody else. Yeah. And that's what it means to make sure. a disciple. Yeah. A disciple means that you empower others. So you live for somebody else. That's what making like a parent yeah. or like a shepherd. You know, you're not there for yourself. You live for somebody else. And that was, and, and that realization. And then of course, now how do you, how do you create a model for that? Yeah. You know, because what I've found is that I've met a lot of my friends and colleagues. They, they believe exactly what I believe, but the, 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 the structure of their church preaches something else. So from the pulpit, you preach one thing, yeah. but then the structure of your church preaches the opposite. So, 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 you know, so being able to structure your church in such a way that makes it conducive for people to live for others. Sure. And that, that took us years to get right. I can imagine. You know, I mean, it, it, didn't, it didn't happen in one year. Yeah. You know, it took, it took a few years to, and we're still learning. We haven't got it together. We don't have it together. We're still learning. We still, you know, with me and my wife, although, you know, people look at what we have, we still think we're babies. You know, we're babies <laughs> in this. We're babies in the Lord. And hopefully our next generation, you know, will we'll start at the place that we leave off. And, you know, but we still feel, you know, we're babies in this. But what we do see is um, you know we've got leaders throughout the world that are that are standing up and making a difference. That's so good. Sure. Um, yeah, I love that. I, I was just reading this this morning when I was I was reading a, a passage in um, in Psalms. I think it was Psalm one hundred six, and it's where David talks about how many times Israel has has backslidden, has fallen away, has gone to the idols. You know, Baal. Mm-hmm. Bail or yeah, ball, <laughs> and uh, and then what, what stood out for me when I when I read this passage again was twice he mentions how men of God stood up mm. for the people, yes. uh, stood up to and and how a man standing up made the change, made the shift yes. That, yes. that that's basically saved the nation, mm. and mm. Uh, and so when you said now stand up, I I, I was just reminded of that and I, and I realized how important it is in this time that we're in for for men of God for women of God to stand up when it matters and when yeah. when the calling is there mm. and uh, I mean I can see you standing up for so many important issues you know yes. that that there's unity uh, true mm. unity in the body of Christ in South Africa means mm. a multiracial church if it's yes. if it's not it's there's no unity and yes. and uh, and also uh, the, the the race tensions that we have in this nation that you are standing in the gap for that uh, mm. and I saw you guys making a massive noise about uh, gender based violence yes. and so can can you just uh, we're already on an hour I don't want to take too much of your time but yes. I would love to hear your heart uh, f- to South Africa maybe speak to the nation the Church of South Africa about how do we deal with Racism. How do we deal with gender-based violence? What is what is the church being called to in this time, in this moment? Mm. Well, you know, especially in South Africa, you know, I mean, we've been we've been with this thing, you know, of, of the church, whether the church is essential and the church is essential. Yeah. Um, but you know, when I looked at that, and uh, you know, we want to nail government for that or nail whoever. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the thought processes is formed by who we are. 
And it's actually an indictment on the church. Yeah. Now, I'm talking about the church as a whole. I'm not talking about single congregations here and there. I'm talking about the image of the church as a whole. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, so yes, we, 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 you know, what it means to be essential. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, we can be so, uh, uh, you know, we can be so recluse um, that we have a little church family community and it's me and my people. And then, um, you know, uh, I do my own thing. I've got my little, I've got my little radio, uh, station and I've got my little TV station and, uh, and we can be so, um, what can I say? We can be so out of it. We can be in our little, you know, in our little cocoon and not, but you know, disconnected. Yeah. Yeah, mm. be so disconnected from the plight of the world. Sure. And, um, you know, you, you, you're in a building and you, you know, you're having a Holy Ghost party and a Holy Ghost party that don't stop. And um, there you are and you, you're falling under the Holy Spirit. And, and, and look, I come from Pentecost Church, so we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, but, but the problem is you can be having your Holy Ghost party and just outside 500 you know, meters from the church, there's people that are hungry. Yeah, there's sure. people that don't have food. Yeah. While you're busy having your Holy Ghost party, a girl's being raped. You know, another yeah. girl's being beat up. And sure. then we get up and we're in our own little church and this is what we want and it's about me. And, uh, yeah. and we become so selfish and self-centered. We become so narcissistic, you know, not just as individuals in the church, but the church as a whole where it's about, sure. you know, who we are as a church and yeah. saying, hey, I'm important. And, and, you know, look, I'm very involved with a lot of, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, government meetings and, and uh, involved in, you know, in meetings where, where as a church, as the larger church, we need to work together. And let me tell yeah. you, whoo, it's, it's, it's not easy, um, you know, sure. and, and cause, because everybody's got their own agenda. Yeah. Uh, so, so as a church, you know, what does it mean to be essential uh, it means that we hear the plight of the people and according to the needs and the conditions of the people, we now start speaking into their lives. Mm. And, um, and therefore, you know, you take, you take, um, you know, and I, I'm, not, I'm not saying we mustn't have a, a Holy Ghost service. I'm not saying that we mustn't, we must stop doing church. What I'm saying is that we need to go and preach the gospel. We need to go and make disciples. We need to get out of our little churches. We need to get out of our little cell groupies, you know, or Bible study keys, whatever you call them, where we just me and myself and many of many of us is people of just my family or my color or whatever. My we sheep. Get, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. We need to get out mm. into the world that you don't know. And into different nations. He said, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. Yeah. So in other words, he says, go and lay down your love, your life, and live for somebody that is not of your nation, not sure. of your community. Your ethnos, and that's, yeah. why, that's why the church was birthed in uh, multiracial. That's why when, when the power of the Holy Spirit came upon the book of Acts, Peter came, preached the first evangelistic message, yeah. and we have thousands of people, and the Bible says people from all nations, and then starts listing the nations, and one of them include Africa, by yeah. the way, and everyone is included in that, and we see the church is birthed 
multiracial. Yes. The church is multiracial. So, so you good. cannot be confused. So good. And everything, everything is nations. Yeah. Everything is all nations. Yes. There's no such thing as being exclusive and as me and, and my mainsies. Yeah. I had, I had a guy uh, uh, the other day, uh, a white brother come up to me and, and, and he wanted to leave our church and he says, you know, he says, no, I'm, I'm called to, I'm called to my, I'm called to my own people. So I said to him, um, is that Christians? He said South Africans, and obviously he meant white people. You understand? Absolutely. Yeah. I said, what Mensis? Yeah. What, what Mensis? That's not scriptural. Yeah. It's not scriptural to be called to your own people. That's not biblical sure. at all. Yeah. So, so once again, we, we are called to step out and then address the issues of the day. Yeah. And um, whether it's, um, whether it's uh, black lives, um, you know, uh, uh, matter and dealing with that situation, whether it's gender-based violence, we need to deal with that situation. And yes, and and the farm murders, you know, we're yeah. not, we're not, we've got to deal with everything. Yes. Uh, do all lives matter? Yes, all lives matter. But at the end of the day, when we're dealing with the situation, you know, black lives do matter. Yeah. And we have a tendency that when a brother is crying or hurting, to take that situation and take their hurt and make it about you. Yeah. You know, that's not being a Christian. When there's a cry from your from a brother, you know what? I start crying with you. So if if it's if it's got to do with uh, race, I cry with you. If it's got to do with Black Lives Matter and the, the injustices that are taking place, I'm gonna cry with you. So at the end of the day, we need to address the issues of our nation. And as pastors, as pastors, we have to understand that when a brother hurts, I hurt with you. Yeah. So you can't say, you can't say, oh, you're hurting. Yeah, but we're all hurting. You know, it's like black lives matter, all lives matter. You're saying you're hurting, but everybody's hurting. You can't say, but everybody's hurting. That person's hurting. So we deal with that hurt and we deal with that pain. Like with gender-based violence, you know, now, obviously, I've got a big following on social media. So you must know I get attacked, like, hectically. But that's fine because I can, what, it helps me gauge how people think and where they're at, you know. But uh, even at the gender-based violence, I was saying, you know, we, we're addressing, you know, every three hours a woman gets murdered in our country. Every three hours a woman gets murdered in this nation. Sure. So it's more than anybody else. Yeah. You understand? So it's something that needs to be addressed yeah. because they are the weaker vessel. But even standing up for that, I had people come attack me. Yes, we understand that, but why don't you? What about what? What about? Yes, it's not that we, that's excluded. Yeah. But when you've got pain in a certain area, we've got to make sure that we go and address and cry with the hurt of the people in that area and we address those issues. Sure. So, so and, and now, of course, with COVID-19, you've got the pain of, uh, you know, we've got the pain of people that don't have food. And, you know, now we're, we're addressing those issues. We, we're involved, you know, as a, as a, as a, we, we, you know, we, we're part of the Maklaseri Foundation. We've given over 70, 80 million rands worth of food just in the last two months. Um, you know, with our various sponsors and, you know, those that are working with us. But you see, as a church, you've got to be involved. You've got to share our bread. You've got to take what you have and be there for others. We've got to hear the plight of the people. So good. Wow. Thank you for that. I think that is such a necessary message and so so challenging. And uh, that is how we can change a nation. And I think it's about also think, knowing that 
if you can make a difference in one more person's life, one, like you said, one more star, one more grain of sand, mm. then that's one more person that can be influenced and have a life change that can influence more. And I yes. think that's the power behind God's plan with discipleship yes. is, is the multiplication model that you've seen firsthand in your church, how, how fast yes. it grew when you started applying mm. that in a, in a healthy way. And I think that, mm. you know, uh, that's just that's how we change a nation is by really loving people in, yes. in the in the way we live. Uh, so that's that's mm. awesome. Thank you so much for that. Um, I I don't want to keep you too much longer. So no, I would I would like to ask if if you could um, for those who are listening, mm. if, if my my heart is just I'm thinking there are two two groups that may be listening. One that that is feels inspired to go deeper in their relationship with God that realizes, man, I'm just a, I'm just a, like a surface level Christian or I'm a, I'm a nominal Christian. This sounds like where I should be. Uh, just maybe uh, pray for them, invite them into, into a deeper relationship. And, uh, and then also maybe pray for leaders, pastors. I, I can hear you've got a, a heart for pastors, a heart for leaders um, and maybe pray for them and our nation at this time and in, 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 that we can operate in wisdom. And with, with yes. the power that the Holy Spirit has given us to stand up and to make that difference. And then I will end with a prayer as well. Thank you yes. so much. Well, I, I want to encourage, um, you know, everyone connected and that you understand that you are called by God. Mm. Before you were born, God knew you. Um, the makeup of who you are. You are the right skin color. If you're white, you're called to be white. If you're black, you're called to be black. If you're brown, you're called to be brown. Amen. And you know what? God wants to use you in who you are. So you've got to understand that, that God doesn't make mistakes. Sure. So before the foundation of the earth, God knew you and he formed you, the Bible says. And that's why, you know, being born, God has placed a mandate on your life. You have, you have a purpose which needs to be fulfilled. And what's important is to operate within that purpose, but you can only operate within that purpose is when you die to yourself and your own thinking and your own wants and your own needs and say, Lord, I trust you with everything. I trust you. I trust your word. I'm not going to be moved by the views of others, but I'm going to be obedient to the word of God. I'm not going to, I don't have to try impress people to accept me. I am accepted in the Lord. And no matter what anybody says, I'm going to take the mandate of God and I'm going to fulfill that within my life. And I, I want to encourage you to know that you are you are worthy. God thought you worthy. That's why he sent Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, to die for you on the cross of Calvary. You are worth it. You are, are worthy. And God's, you know, God's got a great plan for your life. He's got a future for you and a mm. hope, even in this country. And as a white person in this country, yeah, you know, so 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 once again, I, I want to encourage you. It doesn't matter who you are. There's a plan of God for your life. But listen to me. It's not according to how you think. You've got to die to where you come from. You've got to you've got to die to your own views and you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to form the heart and attitude of daddy into you. You see, and then we become like daddy. We become like a father where now we lay, we, we lay down our lives for others. No matter what color the skin, no matter what um, uh, language is spoken, no matter, no matter the geographics. And, um, and you know what? God will then take care of you. God, seek first the 
kingdom of God and his righteousness, the Bible says, and all these things will be added unto you. Let me tell you, let me tell you, and I speak from the bottom of my heart that there is nothing as awesome as being 100% surrendered unto the Lord. And that means you operate in faith. That means you operate in risk. But you know what? The rewards that comes out of this, it, 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 it's mind-blowing. Mm. What God has done for me and my wife, what God has done for our children, our children are all on fire for Jesus. Our children are all <laughs> serving the Lord. Awesome. Our children are all preaching the gospel. And listen, what God has done for me, He can do for you. But... You have to trust him. Mm. Complete faith in God. Stop being defensive. Stop trying to protect yourself. Stop trying to cover yourself. Let God cover you. Stop mm. trying to find your identity and show that you are somebody and you're someone, you know, and that you're special. Hey, you are special, but you're special in God. Don't allow people to 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 label you. And now you've got to think you've got to fit into this mold to be. No, no, no. God has got something special within your life. But we have to be obedient and understand you've got to dream the dream of God. What is that? To make sure that every person is reconciled unto God. The word of reconciliation and the ministry of reconciliation outside the church. Inside the church. Yes, that's where we grow. That's where we develop. But actual ministry starts when you leave those doors. Well, obviously we're in lockdown, you know, so you do it via phone or Skype or like we're doing now, or you do it via Zoom or whatever. That's the way we do it now, that every day you decide, say, Holy Spirit, give me names I need to call Mm. and start touching people's lives. And Mm. I can give you, we don't have time, I can give you countless testimonies and testimonies of testimonies of people that have been empowered through who we are, like our gardener that used to work, you know, for a couple thousand, you know, uh, a a year who is now an accountant earning 30, 40,000 bucks a month. What did I do? I empowered the person you understand taking the people around me you see not keeping everything i have but through the power of the holy spirit seeing every person connected to me as a son seeing every person connected to me as a daughter and now everything i have i sow into their lives that you can do that wow. you have the ability to love people don't we have have a heart like a South African taxi. There's always place for one more. Always place for one more, right? So good. Let me pray with you. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your grace. And thank you for this great time, Lord, that we've had together. Thank you for Heinz and Aletta. And Lord, what you've placed upon their hearts and how you're using them in a mighty way to touch this nation, to infiltrate this nation with your love. And I thank you, Lord, that you use them, bless them and their family, their kiddies, Lord, in a mighty way. And Lord, I pray for everyone connected right now. And as they're hearing me, Lord, that you will affirm Mm. the calling upon their lives, that they're not just yet to survive, Mm. but you have called them to be a voice, to preach the gospel, to teach your word, to heal the nation. Every single one of us, Lord, is called to, to, to share your love. And Lord, therefore, I, I speak it of each and every person, every pastor involved, every uh, every leader that's involved. I thank you, Lord, that you show yourself true to them, that they will see your love and your grace in everything that they are and do, and that they will be, and that they will multiply like your original uh, blessing. Mm. Be fruitful and multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. Lord, that's the blessing you've spoken over us, and that they will walk in it. Is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yes, thank you, Lord. Lord, I just want to pray for Pastor Bert, Shanae, their marriage, their f- amazing family, their spiritual family, 
and 3C Church. Thank you for them. Thank you that you've led them, raised them up, protected them and guided them to be such a strong voice in this nation and for the, the love that they have for your people and your kingdom. Lord, thank you. It's, it's inspirational. It is touching. It's, it's challenging in all the right ways. And we thank you for that. Help them, Lord. Bless them even more. Give them more open doors. Give them more open hearts for their um, disciples to reach more disciples and and have a bigger impact on this nation. Thank you for the right platforms at the right time, for the right meetings at the right time. Thank mm. you, Lord, that you will give them wisdom upon wisdom and that they will always know how to represent your kingdom well wherever they get a platform. We thank mm. you for their lives. We thank you for their family. And we thank you for, their, for, for your protection over them, Lord. Your, mm. your angels, your wall of fire, your, your blood mm. of Jesus and the, the armor of God. We just speak over them and we, we bless them with every blessing and every promise in the word of God. And we pray that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm. Amen. Thank you so, so much for your time, for your mm -hmm. hearts, for your focus. Um, I just want to honor you and thank you for what you guys are doing in mm. this nation. And uh, may it just grow, go from strength to strength and glory to glory. And uh, I hope we see each other soon. God bless you. For sure. For sure. Thank you so much. God bless you. <laughs> thank you very much. All right. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you uh, logging in today and listening to this. Uh, so grateful for Pastor Bert, 3C Church, for being with us today. And I hope that that blessed you and, and, and challenged you and, and encouraged you. It definitely did that for me. Um, and I, I also, I hope that, um, I hope that you will have a great day. And uh, please remember to join my wife and I this Thursday. Uh, we are doing the marriage seminar. There's a link in this post where you can get your tickets. And, uh, and please make sure that you join us for that. But uh, that's it from me for today. Join us Thursday. We talk to uh, Pastor John Crumpton from Breakthrough Life Church on Thursday at 1. Join us for that. God bless you. And remember, God's love can unlock anything in your life. And, uh, and uh, keep trusting Him, keep loving Him, and stay close to Him. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.